ABC's a Greek. Oh, the ABC's a Greek. The ABC's a Greek. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the ABCs of Greek. I'm Thomas. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is a podcast where we recap the ABC Family original series Greek episode by episode. Okay, so this is season three, episode 16, Your Friends and Neighbors. The original air date was March 1st, 2010. It was directed by Michael Lang and written by Patrick Sean Smith and Dana Greenblatt. The IMDb summary is, the KT house gets new neighbors. Take two. We start in the KT house and Casey, for whatever reason, is working on her personal statement in Kathy's room, um, a calm oasis of sorts. And he didn't even realize that he had a desk until she cleared a lot of things off of it. Um And he walks in and he's talking about how he's really getting serious about choosing a major. Um, And he's saying, you know, it could end up being perfect timing if Casey goes to CRU Law because he might be ready to graduate undergrad in seven years. Um, Record time for him. And Casey is talking about how she's going to meet up with Joel, who's helping her with her personal statement. Um, And Cappy is referring to him as the orgy guy. which would be hard to drop for sure but Casey's like let's just kind of move on from that you know let bygones be bygones uh it was a misunderstanding <laughs> still weird for sure but like his energy the the apartment party it was weird anyway she also uh, said this is her ninth version of her personal statement she's done God. she's had nine versions nine. that's maybe seven too many pc down bad out in the yard at the kt house rusty is getting upset because the kts won't use the dumpster they're just chucking trash across um to the empty house lot in their their neighbor's yard because the dumpster is now empty because jeremy left because apparently he was living in there he was something of a nomad r.i.p jeremy and so then Cappy comes out as Rusty's all fired up and he starts talking to him about his major. And he's saying he's thinking about majoring in archaeology um, and then decides against it because Rusty says, like, have you seen the latest Indiana Jones movie? It was Indiana Jones, right? Yeah. Yes. And so he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. And then he's like, I'm going to be an astronaut major. And Rusty's like, not a major, but okay. Um, And as they're having this conversation, a couple, the Hilgendorfs barge in from the supposedly empty lot next to them, or empty house, not empty lot. Um, (laughs) Just living on the lot. (laughs) They have a dumpster that they live in, and we find out Jeremy (laughs) is also living there. Um, And they're holding some of the garbage that the KTs have thrown over. Um, and they introduce themselves as their new neighbors. And they're saying, you know, we would love if you could clean up all of this trash. I'm sure you could get it all done within an afternoon. And the KTs are not pleased. Like, this is not going to be a good situation for their lifestyle whatsoever. Now we are at the ZBZ house and Ashley is packing up her box of chips for her marketing class. Um, getting ready to do a chip focus group, of course. Um, Casey comes in and she 
is asking Ash how her big date with Pete went and Pete's saying, er, not Pete, well, I hope Pete is saying, but Ash says it's amazing. And I'm sure Pete also agrees. Um, and then they're trying to figure out when they can coordinate a time to get together to make the name tags and get the cups for their freshman year dorm reunion. <laughs> they're really, their schedules just aren't matching up. And they have to push until tomorrow night, which is like not that far off, but to them. And again, I guess like the way time works at CRU, that's like three weeks, a day and a half. <laughs> so I get, I guess I get that in, in terms of relativity. So they made the plan. They're going to meet up tomorrow night. Yeah, I think in our original recording, we were saying that there's really no need for um, name tags like in this way that they're doing it like they really could just buy the stickers and have everybody write their own names right it doesn't seem so yeah. crucial we just need a hi my name is um we need the stickers and a sharpie and maybe even some little like gold star stickers to decorate them yeah totally. but like just bring the pack and let people if they desire a decorated name tag. You lived with all of these people for a year, so you do know their names, unless they've changed drastically. Could be. I don't know. Yeah, name tags are not crucial here. Well, they become a major sticking point for Ash. So now um, Cappy is lamenting over the logistical issues that their new neighbors could be posing for their Mardi Gras party, which is coming up next week. And Rusty's like, they seem pretty cool. So I think they're going to be reasonable people. I can take care of it. And Cappy is like, mm, I think we need to really get rid of them. We can, you know, drive them out. We can haunt them, <laughs> which is a very Cappy approach. Um, and Rusty's like, look, I'll take care of it. And Cappy, you just focus on... Um, figuring out your major and Cappy's like okay but he is taking bets on who how quickly this is going to backfire because classically he has zero faith in Rusty as this meeting is disbanding Beaver leans over to Cappy grinning just ear to ear and he says I did something and I'm feeling bad about it and Cappy's like you don't really look like you feel bad about whatever this is and then he tells him that he had sex with Rebecca Logan. And Beaver's like, look, I know I broke bro code. If you want to hit me, you can hit me. And Cappy's like, well, you also thought that you slept with Wonder Woman. So I don't know how true this is. And Beaver's like, I'm 75 to 25% sure that I had sex with Rebecca. And Cappy's like, why don't we keep this quiet until we're positive? Because, I mean, it is Beaver. Like, I would believe him probably, but seems like this has been happening where he has... Um... Lucid dreaming. <laughs> yeah. I think someone had that on Grey's Anatomy. Of course. Oh my God. Meredith. I actually don't. I've never even watched Grey's Anatomy. I just remember someone in high school talking about it and it like really stressed me out. <laughs> I have certain plot points of like random shows I've never watched that I also like remember feeling anxiety from as a child, like House or something. Like I would like catch a glimpse of it or like hear a plot line. I'd be like, oh my God, that like is too stressful to even think about. 
Yeah. Also, well, those commercials were also stressful, and that guy is so intense looking. Doctor <laughs> House. I, I saw today that that whole show was going on Netflix, and I was like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Doctor House, also known as Mister Little. <laughs> Our next recap podcast. I love a, a house recap. <laughs> I thought that that was something I could never. That um. Stuart Little, the screenplay was written by M. Night Shyamalan, one of my favorite fun facts. What? He can do it all. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. It, it is spooky. It certainly is. Going and thinking you're going to get adopted and then the the mouse in the corner who wears Converse gets adopted. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart, such a good movie. So... At the Omega Kai house, Calvin is rocking out while he's studying, and Evan is, like, shimmying up behind him, dancing, Um, and it's the day after the Valentine's Day party when Rebecca ditched him for, classically, Beaver, and Calvin's pointing out that he's in a good mood, and Evan's like, yeah, like, it's totally fine, Rebecca had food poisoning, like, Evan really wants to believe what's convenient. She looked totally fine. And I don't know about you guys, but when I get food poisoning, we're experiencing completely new shades of skin than have ever been scientifically possible before. Those yeah. Are. I mean, you saw me when I had food poisoning that one oh day <laughs> at <laughs> apartment. That's she so out her name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was scary. I remember you said, can I tell you a secret? And I was like, <laughs> Of course. And I was literally like, turning green. I'm going to throw up. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a good secret. <laughs> Aw, those are the worst days. Calvin explains to Evan that he's making a gay list, which is a playlist with gay music. Um, and he's saying, like, I've been surrounded by so much straight my whole life that I'm exploring my new world and excited to do this with Grant. Um, and speak of the devil, Grant walks in and he's very concerned. He says there's $500 missing from the petty cash from the night before. And he thinks someone stole it. And so immediately flags are up. Alarms are ringing. We're thinking of the necklace. Like, of course, the necklace that Evan joked about killing a girl to get for Rebecca. Love that humor. Um, (laughs) Evan then says, it sounds like they have a thief and the thief is in the room with us. (laughs) Like, come on, Evan. I, I did say this in our previous recording, but it's still relevant. It is like the person who farts quietly and then is like, do you guys smell that? Who farted? (laughs) Like that's this exact who stole that's so weird five hundred dollars is missing who who stole it (laughs) I really thought that Calvin knew like because he thought it was weird that Evan was buying something for Rebecca so I really thought that he knew but he but again five hundred dollars for a diamond necklace yeah so I guess check other where is more petty cash (laughs) let's check all of the pockets check your pockets check your little change counters (laughs) (laughs) 
I will say, okay, something similar happened to me, very different, but similar. Like we were doing laundry last week and I swear like a pillowcase went missing and I was so distraught. I went down. I like looked for it, searched for it. Like I was pretty much at this point, just going to buy another pillowcase. Cause I was like, I lost it today doing laundry again, found the pillowcase. It appeared out of nowhere. It was given back to me. Wow. I will say sometimes they can get like stuck in something else, like in your fitted sheet or something. I've had that happen. He was back in the laundry room. Oh. No, it was, it was like in the bag. Like when I was making the bed, it was just there. Like literally just like the petty cash. I feel like it was in your fitted sheet. I just startled Harp. No, (laughs) no way. No, there's no way it was in the, the there was no was way it was in the fitted sheet. Someone returned it. There's no <laughs> way. And a pair of leggings I was missing. I, guys, wait, hold on. I found a sock that I was missing today from last laundry um, cycle. So I know what happened though. Cause when I took my um, laundry bin out today to do laundry, there was a sock under it. So oh. a little bit different, but a little bit the same this is what you get when it's take two <laughs> you were getting like really detailed we were both visited by the, the laundry new, fairy yeah these are the news stories that you get you'll never know what was said on the first take of this episode but you do get the stories about laundry so you're the real winners here well this didn't even happen until today so there was no way that i would have even been able to share oh my god to think they would have missed it I will say if you're a super fan and you want the first recording, email us and I will send it to you. But beware, it skips every five seconds. <laughs> if you're a super fan, beware you're yourself. Weed. <laughs> but if you if you must hear both versions of this, if you must hear Taylor's version, email us. Yeah, we really we had Scott Borchetta's version for sure. <laughs> oh my god. Okay back on track Cappy now approaches Rebecca and he's like I heard the craziest thing um and he tells her that you know he heard that she slept with fever and she was like oh my god I can't believe he spilled and Cappy is shocked to find out that this is true um and that Rebecca asks Cappy if he's seen this necklace that Evan got her for Valentine's Day that she lost last night and he's like, well, aren't you kind of sending the wrong message to Evan? Like, you are wearing this necklace and you're sleeping with Beaver. And she's like, honestly, like, it's not a big deal. I'm just not really used to be treated, being treated well. Um, and so it's new for me and it makes me uncomfortable. Um, and Cappy is like pointing out that they dated and then, you know, it comes up the spring break issue where she basically said that he was below her. (laughs) He's just like accusing her of self-sabotaging. She obviously is. Yeah. And she's like spade, spade, like for sure. Um, But she's just not concerned. Um, And he's like, well, like, are you, gonna dump him and she's like I have no intentions of dumping him like it's totally fine he knew what he was getting into that I'm like not that serious and you know this semester doesn't believe in love is a new thing we're learning about her um and so 
Cappy's like, okay, well, um, if you do decide to dump him, can I be there? <laughs> but also again, like I'm, I'm saying again, because I said this in the last recording, <laughs> Cappy <laughs> is seeming like he's partially a little bit concerned about Evan's feelings because deep down they're still um, invested in each other. So, you know, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of interpersonal situations playing out. And Rebecca's like, and by the way, not concerned because who's going to believe Beaver? You don't even believe Beaver. And Beaver doesn't even really believe Beaver. So no, no smoke, no fire. Now Joel is reviewing Casey's personal statement at a white tablecloth restaurant <laughs> for whatever reason. And also to layer on to the inappropriateness, he tells her that it's dry. <laughs> Go off, Joel. He says, you know, my personal statement, I wrote about taking my trigger warning ex-wife to a Backstreet Boys concert. Um, and, you know, I was thinking how I couldn't reconcile with the Supreme Court making this terrible ruling unrelatable anymore. Um, and he's saying, but then I realized, you know, like, we all have bad ideas, like the Backstreet Boys concert. Um and Casey's like, ex-wife, question mark? And he's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, no worries. It's no hard feelings about it. It's over now. Um, so you should try. Oh, and then he's like, people are, some people are meant to come into your life um, and stay the whole time. And some people are meant to just be in it for a short appearance, which this like really resonates with her. <laughs> she is taking everything he says like gospel like the word of god like she is having this thing and like it's so awkward repeating myself because we had this exact conversation last time but um she's doing this thing that I feel like you do when you're young and you're in the presence of a man who acts like he knows everything and is 10 years older than you which is you think that they know everything and really Joel is just like speaking in like strange platitudes that hold no weight but Casey's eating it up she's loving it these life lessons it's the gospel according to Joel for her um yeah I mean he kind of is talking like a plaque at like Hobby Lobby he's like some people come into your life for a season a reason a blessing or a lesson <laughs> there's and there's leaves on it yeah, painted. It's it's also gray shiplap, and then yeah, the white painted leaves. And but at the bottom, there's also like a little snowman. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like um like I feel like he'd be so good in like a Hallmark holiday movie where he's just he's like saying that. he is in them. This actor is definitely <laughs> a Hallmark movie, one hundred percent. I like I think I've seen. I came in a commercial for a Hallmark movie. Can't you just like imagine him saying like, you know, home is where the heart is and just but feeling you, like we we all believe him. <laughs> you want Joel though. You want this actor playing Joel. Yeah. Hallmark movie. He's Christmas just like a divorced lawyer <laughs> looking for love. Wait, no, no, no. Joel to the world. Joel, <laughs> Joel to the world. <laughs> uh, make it happen. Unless it already has. 
So then he's like, well, you know, tie something personal to the law, which is just like, no, that's a bad call. But um, she's like, well, I stole a pair of earrings from Claire's one time. Icing by Claire's. You that that's a callback to the first recording. <laughs> I'm, to an episode you'll never hear. Only I'm the super still fans laughing will get about this. that. I'm still <laughs> laughing about icing by Claire. We should we should just God, we'll just make the reference now. The necklace, the necklace that Rebecca lost that Evan bought, it looks like it's from Icing by Claire's. Right. And that's why it doesn't look like it's Claire. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This is a mess. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot we mentioned that earlier in the episode. Yeah, I forgot the... where that came in. <laughs> but it's important to know <laughs> that we did talk about that. For future jokes we will repeat, you need to know about Ice and White Claire. Wait, another funny Hallmark movie starring Joel, the first Joel. <laughs> the first joel that's so good but people would pronounce it like the first joel like how everybody said emily in paris and not emily in paris no emily on paris the first joel the first joel um now joel's like that's a little weak he's like "Mm, mid um if maybe if you've been charged with arson you could write about that and she says charged no but um uh rusty is now letting cappy also really quick we find out that this essay is due friday which is like a day or two from their meeting yeah and also like meanwhile Catherine's already gotten into law school so I'm not really sure about this rolling like again time early decision time in Cypress Roads doesn't fully exist wait oh they're in like February yeah most applications are due in like January or December but not for Stanford Georgetown or CRU law (laughs) again we we need to stop saying again but we did say this in the first rendition she really could just wait a year like that's not out of the question she could take a year off and study for like to get a better LSAT score and get like a job in the meantime and then go to law school a year later that's actually like totally acceptable and what a lot of people do Mm -hmm. if anyone would struggle with like a gap year though it would be Casey Cartwright like I feel like (laughs) she like needs something to do yeah yeah she's gotta get full steam ahead into just whatever her next whim is so Rusty is assuring Cappy that everything is squared away with the Hilgendorfs. I wish we had gotten a scene of him talking to them, but we don't. Not even in the first version. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then Tom, the professor, comes over with um, thank you, lemon bars. Um, and he starts talking about the fence and he's kind of complaining about it. But then he gets distracted by the beer pong in the background um and he is like reminiscing and then he sees um a young woman there and they're like yeah isn't this the life like the views are the best part he doesn't say that so one of the brothers says like yeah this is the best part it's pickle it's dump truck dump truck dump truck and he says that's my daughter hannah and she's 16 uh yikes so then he tells her to get 
get over the fence. So she scampers away. It's very creepy of the boys, of course, classically. Um, And so this shakes Tom out of when he was distracted by the beer pong. And he's like, okay, so anyway, rain in the noise by 10 p.m. on weeknights. And they're like, for sure. And then he's like, no alcohol around furniture outside no foul language and no noise after midnight on weekends and then walks away and cappy is immediately like okay like who had their bets on like this time today for rusty losing um and he is honestly pretty happy to be right about this even though it means that they have an issue on their hands so now we see Catherine and Casey walking through campus um, and Catherine's telling her that she emailed Rusty a thank you email last night with a video of a robotic hand and she's saying like should I not have done that is it weird and Casey is like distracted but she's also like I really don't want to hear about my brother and like and even though she bribed him to go out with her but now she's being mean about it and um Catherine's like can we get coffee and talk about my feelings for Rusty and Casey's like I'm just like really distracted right now with my personal statement and Catherine's like oh well perfect I just got into Yale Law so why don't I come over later and help you and then I ask you some anonymous questions some hypothetical questions um about your brother and I won't use his name and she's like okay sure (laughs) um so they compromise, which is amazing. Amazing. And then at the Capitao house, the brothers are playing croquet on the front lawn. And they're like abbreviating cuss words because they, they're not allowed to say them anymore. But they like get confused because they don't even know what letters the cuss words start with. <laughs> um, Cappy's talking about how like, it's a fraternity house. They He wants to fight back. Rusty doesn't seem to notice, like, the harm and the rules that uh, the Hilgendors have made up. But Rusty's like, you know, I'll go and talk to them. And Cappy over here really just wants to fight with them. And uh, Rusty's like, we can't because we'll get expelled. And then Rusty says that they have to Borg Tom Hilgendorf, which means absorb them into their collective I mean I guess all of the Hilgendorfs but like specifically Tom and if he feels like one of them maybe he will relax the rules and uh then he gets this idea that Tom could also be Cappy's uh like advisor to help him pick a major yeah and Tom is a music professor yeah and Cappy might be a music major. That'd be such a hard major to just like start Please. in college. <laughs> Do not give that man a guitar. That is the last thing a man with that many leather bracelets needs. <laughs> oh my God. So true. Oh my God. I can just see him like what playing Wonderwall for Casey. <laughs> and she yeah. would pretend to like it. She, she probably, might. she would like it. She would love it, actually. But then she'd be like, Ashley, you've got to hear this. <laughs> oh, my God. And Ashley would get the ick. Yeah. So now at Omega Chi, the boys are freaking out about the money. Everyone's trying to figure out who took it. Pete, a.k.a. Paolo, stands up and he's like, guys, this isn't a big deal. Let's just, like, all pitch in 
and we'll just cover it. But no, the boys want to like find out who stole it, specifically Trip. Um, and Trip actually gets accused for taking the money, and then he accuses Grant because of his, you know, new look, aka the bleached hair and the Bior strips. And then <laughs> Grant says, like, you know, maybe Natalie took it. He says, quote, crazy Natalie, which honestly, she might have taken it. Yeah, she was a problem. And then Trip accuses Evan, but Calvin actually sticks up for Evan. And he's like, Evan wouldn't do that after everything he's been through with the house. And then Trip's like, oh, well, then maybe you did it. And he accuses Calvin. So it's like Trip. I honestly, at this point, it seems like it was Trip. You would not want Trip around at the Salem witch trials. I'll tell you that. He oh saw Goody Proctor. <laughs> Proctor everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Trip is giving major Salem witch trial accuser energy. So now Tom is at KT shooting pool and Rusty's trying to kind of like get him talking about being a music historian and like talking about what his job is like. Cappy's like, well, it's probably something boring and classical. And uh, I'm pretty sure Tom like agrees with him. Tom says what it is and it's some long, boring thing. And um, Cappy says like, that must drive you to drink. And Tom is like, yeah. And then- yeah. And that's when he takes a drink. So he's just like drinking with the college students at their fraternity house. Dark. And he's like, I used to play a game with pool, beer pong, and gambling. And it was called, quote, monkey hump. And they say this far too frequently for my liking. Um, he also mentions he's undefeated or Cappy's aware of the game. So Cappy's undefeated. So is Tom. Tom puts money on. He's like, let's play. Uh, and then Rusty's trying to bring back the focus to, to the major. But uh Quickly, that goes awry. And he's Tom's like, you know, I'm happy to help, but let's play the game first. And he, like, makes a shot, basically. Like, he puts the red solo cup in the pool hole, the pool mm-hmm. slot. And he makes a shot and wins, I guess. Like, it's almost like beer pong. If you get it in the pool hole, then the person has to drink the beer that you got in there. It's, it doesn't look fun and it looks very sticky. Ew. Yeah. So now we're at the CBZ house. Rebecca is searching for her necklace. So she's kind of just like going from room to room looking for this necklace. Casey arrives and, um, oh no, sorry. Ashley arrives and she tells Casey she's going to grab the name tag stuff for the dorm reunion and get started. And Casey's like, sitting there focusing on her essay and she totally forgot about the name tags and she forgot to get cups and she's like oh well it's just because like Joel completely like didn't like my personal statement and Ashley actually volunteers to help she says because it's like marketing yourself you know and obviously she's a marketing expert after this chip study connoisseur yeah after all her chip focus group work So that's when Catherine comes in with two steaming hot cups of tea. They are literally steaming. They have like dry ice in them. (laughs) Yeah, there's like too much steam coming out of them. 
And she has an idea. She had a revelation that Casey should write her essay about the Civil Rights Act of 1964 in relation to how she's a sorority girl, but she doesn't let the stereotypes of sorority girls hold her back from applying to law school. (laughs) And Casey's like, sure. She's like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, how did I not think of that? (laughs) Yeah. And Ashley like overhears this and she is clearly sad and disappointed that Casey's like working with Catherine on this. And she just like leaves to go get the name tags ready. And she's like, don't forget the cups. Ashley is being ridiculous. Because actually law is quite different from marketing. And your friend is momentarily stressed out like it's not applying to law school will not take her any longer than finishing the application on friday so like maybe you just stick it out and like deal with not getting the attention you want for 25 minutes it's strange it's strange of ashley because she's like they're her she and casey are so close like why all of a sudden is she getting like jealous of someone else spending time with casey It feels really out. The whole way she behaves this episode feels out of character. Like she feels really petty and like kind of weird. Like this isn't a huge deal. Especially because she's also busy. Yeah, exactly. And Casey's not busy with nothing. It's not like it's her blowing her off for Cappy again or something. She's pulling her off for law school. <laughs> like it's kind for of Georgetown, wrong. Stanford, or CRU Law. <laughs> right. CRU Law, which is the best law school in the nation <laughs> and also has Bieber as an undergrad <laughs> and Natalie I feel like Natalie's probably Natalie's a genius smart. I feel like yeah. Natalie's one of those people who gets really good grades who, like cheats on everything I could see yeah. that I could see her just being so like effortlessly smart that she has all this extra time to come up with these like Thieves. frightening schemes I don't think she's ever literally sorry. She's definitely an ass kisser. <laughs> so now we're at the Capitao house and Casey is getting the red solo cups from Rusty. Uh, and he's like, oh, can I show you this video? It's the robotic arm video that Catherine sent him. So he's intrigued. He's into it. And Casey mentions that she thinks Ashley is actually jealous of Catherine. She clocked it. And, okay, this is a quote that I do not like repeating, but Rusty says, he can't help because boys don't get jealous. He says, that's why they have more time to invent things and cure diseases. Yeah, this is one of the more problematic lines of the series. (laughs) And so she's at, Casey asks how Cappy's major search is going. And, uh... Rusty's like, well, I think I found him an academic advisor. Casey's super excited. And she goes, it's not like I'm worried he's going to become one of those 40-year-olds who parties at the Capitao house. And they turn around and Tom, Tom, I said that last time too. I said because Tom is stumbling around drunk and he either pops out of, what did we say, the canoe or hot tub? I've never seen a canoe. (laughs) Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> he stumbles out of the hot tub or like out of a a place and Casey's like, that's not his academic advisor, right? And Rusty goes, no, it's Pickle's dad. And then he turns and makes eye contact with the camera and smiles deviously. 
<laughs> and that's when we begin our tallies again. That is number two, pickle lore. <laughs> mom, Pickle's mom last week at the Valentine's Day dance and now Pickle's dad. Pickle Lore by Aaron Minky. Do you remember that podcast? Oh, I listen. I, I was listening to that today. Not even remember. <laughs> <laughs> Am I a loser for still listening to Lore? No, it's what I good. Was listening to today was about being um, not necessarily buried alive, but... Um, Concealed alive, brick by brick, cask of Amontillado style. Ooh, do not tell me that. That was like one of my main fears is being buried alive. Yeah, there was. I saw this Broadway play when I was a kid. I forgot. I want to say it was Aida, but I don't think it was. Um, and it ends with the main character and her love interest being um buried alive in a box together. Um, and that's how it ends. They're they're buried as punishment and they die. And I was maybe seven. It stuck with me. It was a Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I'm not familiar. Well, one. I don't recommend getting any more familiar. <laughs> That's dark. Um, sure. So now to make a Kai, Calvin is inviting Grant to this David Sedaris reading on campus. They're just kind of chilling. And Grant uh, commends Calvin for standing up to trip. He's like, that was really cool that you did that. And Calvin like immediately kind of starts uh, insulting Grant. And he's like, you know, well, Evan actually has a job and has to work hard and isn't spending his money on hair products and velvet suits and like kind of starts pointing fingers at Grant. It's weird. And he flips on a switch here. He's like hypothesizing like how it could be anyone, but in a, while doing that is being unnecessarily mean towards Grant. And Grant's like, I didn't do it. Like, are you implying that I did? It's also like, it doesn't, it doesn't even make sense. Like, you think Grant's Biore strip costs as much as whatever Evan puts in his hair? I'm sorry, that guy, he's not using drugstore shampoo. Yeah, Calvin's just kind of using this as an opportunity to be mean to Grant because he's like clearly unhappy with the changes he's made. Evan uses diva curl <laughs> and and like he, <laughs> living and like um uh Grant isn't even really saying like like oh you're wrong for sticking up for Evan he just said like wow you like you really stood up to uh trip like in defense of Evan like that was pretty brave like are you sure Evan didn't do it and that just Calvin takes that opportunity to just bully Grant some more for his uh, finding himself. Yeah. And he's like, well, we just shouldn't be throwing around blame. So Rebecca comes in to the Maker Kai house and she is like scouring the couch for this necklace. She's like pulling up the cushions, looking everywhere. And then Evan comes in and uh, he's like, oh, are you feeling better? And she's like, oh, yeah. Just a 24-hour bug. Uh, I'm hungry. Let's go. And she's, like, frantic. You can tell something is off. Evan doesn't seem to notice this, though. No. Why would he? He's cool as a cucumber. Probably because he's more focused on the money. 
<laughs> oh my god yeah and then Grant's saying basically that the money was stolen like on his watch you know and it, it sounds like he's kind of in charge of the finances like he's like the house accountant or something <laughs> so <laughs> they're looking at him to fix it and Calvin goes I think there's a way to get the money back and not publicly humiliate any of our brothers so you know we're all intrigued <laughs> we're waiting with bated breath so now at the Capitao house um Cappy slides down the banister <laughs> and Rusty's asking Cappy about how Tom spent the night and Cappy's like oh well Tom just told his wife he was grading papers all night like I'm sorry how on earth would Marge believe that like where would he have been grading papers his office he just started working at that school also ew like that's kind of unacceptable also Marge yeah so he says that uh Cappy also says that Tom has started to relax the rules and Rusty's like I mean that's great so does that mean we can like be done with Tom like can Tom go now <laughs> and Cappy says no because he made him an honorary pledge and they named him teabag ew they is giving Cappy a lot of credit he seems to be the only one that likes this guy yeah true 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 Cappy made him an honorary pledge so he's like you know I figured out that old people the one thing <laughs> old people love doing more than giving advice is just being young and in that moment Marge comes in and she's looking for Tom and Tom then hides with a beer but uh, Marge is, she's like immediately flattered and charmed by Cappy when he starts complimenting her lemon bars. Cappy's like, hey, Tom, want to watch sports all day and just hang out and drink beer? And Tom's like, yeah. But Ew. the rest of the brothers are not into this and they want Tom to go. They think he's creepy. And he, one of the pledges says, if I wanted to spend time with a guy old enough to be my dad, I would hang out with my dad. <laughs> so fair. And Rusty's frustrated, like, kind of, like, with a mixture of Tom being there, but also, I think, with Cappy not picking a major, Rusty's, like, very invested in this. Uh, and Beaver says, you know, because Rusty brought him here, he needs to get him to leave. And Rusty's like, well, I can't because he's an honorary pledge now. And Beaver's <laughs> like, well, let's uh, start hazing him until he quits. So Rusty's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Then he tells Tom to give him five push-ups, and Tom's so excited by it, but he's like, wait shouldn't all the pledges be doing it with me? And then Rusty's like, oh, yeah, I guess. And all the pledges are like, boo. But they all have to get down and do the push-ups. So Beaver comes up with this idea. He's like, I'm just going to start preparing the soup, which is the smoothie of unidentified fluids. Oh my God, that literally makes me like a full body chill. I despise that. Ew, that's so gross. I don't even want to think about that. Uh, but Tom's really into it. So now Casey is still working at ZBZ. She's like in her room and she's like, oh, Ash, I'll just meet you at the reunion because, you know, I want to read through my essay again. And Ashley then calls Catherine Gamma Sai and she's like, well, I thought Gamma Sai figured it out for you. And Casey's like, okay, Catherine knows what she's doing. And Ashley's like, yeah, but does she know you? And Ashley's like, you know, when I think of Casey Carvey, I do not think of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Fair enough. I know, neither do I. 
And Casey's like, well, it's good you're not on the admissions committee then. <laughs> and Ashley's like, well, this is BS. And Casey says, I don't care if it's BS. I just want to get into law school. And with Catherine's help, I'll get there. Ashley's like, you know, are you sure? And Casey's like, you know, I'm so sure. I'm just going to put down my computer and go to that dorm reunion. All right. That'll show him. That'll show him. And so Rebecca finds Beaver at the Capitao house and she asks him if he found any jewelry in his room. And he asks why there would be jewelry in his room. And she's like, you know, I think I lost it when we dot, 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 you know. And then he's like, huh? And she's like, okay, when we had sex. And he's like, we did do it. And he's like, I bet Wonder Woman actually happened too. Don't worry, you are way better. But Rebecca is like charmed by this. And she's like, yeah, she's charming. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, she's like, you're so charming when you're not trying. And then she takes him upstairs to look for the necklace. Rusty kind of clocks this. And then Rusty approaches Tom, who is currently dressed like father time in this like long stocking cap or like grandpa george from willy wonka is that his name joe grandpa no, joe well there is a grandpa george there's a grandpa joe grandma josephine grandma grandpa george and grandma georgina so i guess there is but i think you were talking about grandpa joe but he's kind Karen? of giving georgina now that i'm thinking about it Karen, how do you know that <laughs> I love the film. Exceptional party trick from Aaron. I um I actually can name all of the grandparents that share a bed in Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> that bed looks sh- damn cozy for sure. Um, but yeah, he's giving a Georgina Sparks, a Georgina Sparks senior look. Um, so he's cleaning the pool table also because he's like hazing. And Cappy says Tom has helped him pick his major. He wants to major in Tom because he's having so much damn fun with Georgina. (laughs) Well, maybe they should kiss. Honestly, they should date. Why do you just kiss already? Rusty's like, no, Tom is creeping everyone out and no (laughs) girls are going to want to hang out here. And Cappy's like, well, there's a girl right here. And we look over and this girl is Tom's daughter. She's drinking a beer with Dump Truck and she kisses Dump Truck. Ew straight to the infirmary so yeah rebecca so, comes yeah down. so yeah rebecca comes down she announces to everyone that she can't find her necklace in that moment the door knocks and in walks officer huck and tom and hannah like hide together while the pledges try to like smooth talk huck because huck got a noise complaint um so now we're at the <laughs> We're <laughs> now we're at the dorm reunion or the roomie reunion or whatever. And Ashley is being so passive aggressive about how Casey didn't help with these name tags. Ridiculous. And this is where we meet Sunny, who was Casey's roommate. And she's so excited to see Casey, but does not care for Ashley at all. And Sunny asks her what they've been up to. And Casey tells her how Ashley made the name tags. And Ashley tells her about how Casey's applying for law school. Um, Sunny's only interested in Casey, not Ashley at all. No. And Sunny's like, well, it's great y'all stuck together. Like, I lost touch with pretty much everyone from the dorms. And Casey says, oh, well, it's, we're roommates. And Sunny says, oh, well, then that explains it. You can't help but be friends with people you live with. And then she's talking about how awkward the reunion is. 
And Ashley says something completely out of pocket. She goes, if you wanted awkward, you should have been at the ZBZ house last night. Casey was being mind controlled. <laughs> what? Literally an unreal comment. And Sunny immediately thinks she's talking about a Ouija board. Because <laughs> what, then, a, like, it doesn't make sense as something to say in a social setting. It's off the wall. It's an off the wall comment. Like, imagine hearing that. I was like, uh, I gotta go. Props to Sunny for staying. Props to Sunny and, yeah, for staying around during this conversation. And Casey says, Catherine was just helping me with my personal statement which is basically the key to my whole future. And Ashley's like, yeah, and apparently it's more important than your past. And Casey asks Ashley why she's so jealous of Catherine. And Ashley says it has nothing to do with Catherine, even though it clearly has everything to do with Catherine. It's just that they're not on the same page anymore. And Casey doesn't even seem to realize it. And Sunny's like, okay, well, it was great to see you again to Casey and just leaves. Yeah, because really Ashley, Ashley storms off. And of course, okay, I think in this moment, she's allowed to care a little bit more about her future than her past. Like, she's worried about getting into law school. It's ridiculous. It is. So now we see Rusty freaking out in the backyard. Well, actually, they're all kind of freaking out. They're holding Tom up. He can't, He's blackout. He, like, can't even stand on his own. And Rusty's like, if Huck finds out that we gave a 16-year-old girl alcohol, we are getting kicked off Greek Row. Like, this is not acceptable. And um, Tom's daughter is like, yeah, he'll get fired for partying with his students, which, as he should, probably. And Cappy's like, relax, it's fine. Huck is being occupied by the pledges. Like, it's, it's no big deal. Uh, we'll walk him through the backyard, back door and we'll get him into the house but they can't get the fence like gate open so um, they start throwing him over the fence and like lifting his like limp lifeless body over the fence Weak. and then we see inside like the guys trying to distract Huck and Huck's like what's that noise and like we don't hear anything it's quiet and he's like you have untrained ears I train my ears to detect even a pin drop by just dropping a pin and listening for it. This guy. So then he goes outside to see the fence and that's when like they're all kind of standing in front of it because they've just pushed him over. And I think they're trying to shield Huck from seeing the daughter. Yeah. And Anthony Hawkins is like, oh, they're doing Tai Chi. And so the guys start like moving around and Huck believes it. And he's like, okay, great. And leaves. Um, and then they get, it turns out that the fence was able to be opened. Rusty just opens it and they walk through. And right when they're in the like side yard or backyard, Tom's wife, Marge. Marge. Marge, or I keep wanting to call her Midge. Marge pulls up and Hannah's like, we gotta get him up there without her seeing because my mom's gonna divorce my dad she'll send me to boarding school and she will shut that house down so stakes are high they tell beaver and rebecca to go distract her at the front door so now we're at omega kai and calvin has set up a way for the person who stole the money to anonymously return it and they're explaining to everyone that everyone will get an envelope 
and there'll be a sealed box in one of the rooms and whoever took the money can put it into their envelope and return it without anyone knowing who it was. And everyone seems kind of on board with this. There's no, yeah, there's like, there's cool. no it's a good plan. Yeah. yeah, it's a really good plan. So now Rebecca and Beaver are trying to distract Marge on the front porch. And I think Rebecca says she's like the ZBZ welcome committee and Beaver's like, I'm with her. And then inside the house, Rusty and Cappy are trying to pull Tom through the window. And that's when Rusty decides it's the appropriate time to be like, you know, if I didn't know any better, I would have thought that Rebecca slept with uh, Beaver. And Cappy like makes a face and then Rusty realizes that, that it happened and he gets like very like, he gets excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they, they get Tom through the window, they put him in bed and while this is happening, dump truck asks out Hannah again, the sixteen-year-old daughter. What as this is all going on? This guy, dump truck man. Um. So then they like spray Tom's mouth with breath spray so he doesn't smell like alcohol. And Rusty is also has terrible timing. He's like, we can use this Beaver and Rebecca hooking up to get back in at Evan for getting the KTs expelled. And Cappy's like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to find a way to get back at all the Omega Pies without bringing anybody else into it. And that's when Hannah is like, we got to change my dad into normal clothes. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so they're going to have to like disrobe this man. And outside we see Marge talking to Beaver and she, <laughs> she's like, what did you say your name is? Beaver? And she, he's like, yeah, Beaver, but it's short for the Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> And so she like kind of pushes past them. And then one of the guys, like, I forget what the sound he makes is, but like gives a signal for like them to get out of the room. So we see um, really quickly, Cappy is like taking off Tom's clothes and he finds Rebecca's necklace stuck in a clump of Tom's chest hair. Ew, it's so grody. And he rips it off and like, the big clump of hair comes off with it and they escape out the window and then Hannah's mom comes in and they hear Han Marge comes in and then they hear Hannah saying that Tom came down with the flu and that's why he's in bed it's actually crazy that this like professor is like fully blacked out drunk <laughs> like doesn't he have work today I mean he's not even like you know a little buzz like this guy can't couldn't even walk so that's a lot of beer specifically like yeah. that's a lot of volume to be blacked out just from drinking beer yeah that sounds horrible so um now Casey is just in Catherine's dorm and she's venting to her about Ashley and she says she's just been or she's been busy too like Ashley's also been busy and um she's like we just can't get on the same page and Catherine's like I've never been on the same page with anyone but I do consider you a friend to Casey and she hopes that they can be the type of friends that read the same books and like Casey's trying to finish Catherine's thoughts like how she would Ashley's this whole like time that Catherine's talking and it doesn't work like the, the words aren't the same like they're not thinking the same thing and um Catherine asks Casey if she's read the recent works of Alice Monroe and Casey says no and so Catherine's like, here, you can, you can have my copy to read. And it's very sweet. Like Catherine's, 
just wants a friend and it's so it's cute. So, sweet. so Catherine's like, you know, she apologizes to Casey that her and Ashley have, have grown apart. And she says, I think that happens to a lot of people at the end of college. And Casey repeats verbatim what Joel had said earlier. She's like, yeah, maybe some people are supposed to be around your whole life and some people just make an appearance. This girl's going to get that tattooed by, like, the next episode. And mm. Catherine kind of, like, sits there and is like, okay. <laughs> so now Casey finds Ashley in a dorm laundry room. And she's like, I forgot the smell. Dryer sheets and, and Ashley immediately fills in the word mold. So no. they, they can still fill in each other's sentences. And Casey says that Sunny still seems like Sunny. And Ashley's like, no one should smile that much. Sunny's going to need Botox. And Casey says, or a lobotomy. <laughs> and um, Casey says they can't believe that they met in that laundry room. And Ashley's like, and we met Franny here. And Casey says that college would have been totally different if they had, you know, if they had never met in the laundry room. And mm-hmm. Ashley's like, ah, things were so much simpler. And Casey says, that's just because we were freshmen. We didn't have a lot going on you know we just have to work harder to stay on the same page now and Ashley says we never had to work hard before and she asks if Sunny was right and that they were only friends because of geography and Casey says that might be why they became friends but it's not why they stayed friends so this is such an overreaction though for like this one event like it really came out of nowhere yeah that's the thing I kind of feel like I wish it was about something different because it makes feelings that Ashley I think like that a lot of people feel at the end of college that are valid seem not valid because of what she's getting upset over do you know what I'm saying well I I will say like two things one the only inkling of buildup that we saw was in the episode previous but it was of Casey being sad that Ashley and Pete were going to a different Valentine's Day party it wasn't Ashley being sad um but also like in fairness I feel like I was acting out of character for certain things at the end of college like I remember one time I almost like broke down in tears because my roommate like put the laundry from the dryer like back into my laundry basket and like brought it to my room but like I wasn't done doing it but she didn't know that and I like crumbled to the floor and I had to go (laughs) apologize to her I did the surveys no you're right the end of college is a really vulnerable time yeah because I was like sorry I'm just like not myself (laughs) Yeah. yeah that's true Ashley's maybe stressed about other external factors and um she asked Casey like do you think that we're growing apart and Casey says we're just growing up which is fair and um, she says she doesn't want to live in the past with Ashley and Ashley says that she can still read Casey's mind and then she asks who Alice Monroe is (laughs) because Casey's still holding the book Catherine gave her and Casey's like I have no idea (laughs) so um then I think this is the next day they're at the Capitao house and like Tom is like sitting mm. on the couch. Yeah. And Cappy's like, we got away with it. Like he's really happy. And Tom's like, no, we 
did not really. Like I had to rely on a bunch of 20 year olds to help save me and my daughter. I mean, I'm like low key, like I think Tom needs to go on like a, re- a men's health retreat or something after this. Like if you were gonna throw away your whole life for a couple of guys in a broken down house, like I- I'm really concerned about Tom. Yeah. And his values. So anyway, he's like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm a dad. And Kathy's like, that's so depressing. And Tom says, it's really not. He likes his life, which again, again, isn't we talked about this before, but, but Tom saying that should be the takeaway. Tom saying, no, it's really not depressing. Like, I really like my life should be what Kathy takes away from this interaction. But as we will see, that is not his takeaway at all. So Rusty asks like Tom, if the rules are still in place that he wanted to apply to them. He's like, no, not at all. Don't worry about it. College is supposed to be fun. It's not about rules. So he tells them, you know, have fun while you can. I'll live vicariously through you. He's like, you can't go back. So enjoy it while you can. And he leaves and Rusty apologizes to Cappy that Tom wasn't a better advisor. And that's in Copy's copy. (laughs) Copy. (laughs) that's when Kathy says well he really made a lot of sense and it's like what the one part where he says you can't go back so so enjoy it while you can he doesn't mean stay in college for your whole life you will continue to age you are not Benjamin Button that is not the takeaway he's talk everlasting oh seriously so good copy is what um (laughs) Max would call Cappy when he comes back from Oxford copy (laughs) <laughs> i'm like ready to bring back max like i'm like me please. too Bro, i missed that guy max. i hated him while he was here <laughs> i hate i hated him while he was here but i missed him because uh, honestly, copy is getting on my last freaking nerve <laughs> i miss max too what would so, max say to joel hello joel <laughs> <laughs> the first what would Max say to Joel? Off. <laughs> oh my god, imagine a Hallmark movie starring Max and Joel, and they're both in love with Casey Cartwright. I know it's called Maxing Out the Fun, the in no maxing out the jolly <laughs> season. <laughs> maxing out the jolly season. Maxing out the first Joel. The jolly season. I uh, you're losing me at maxing out. <laughs> it should be more related to the holidays than that. <laughs> Remember when we recapped the entire Kelsey Grammer, Spencer Grammer holiday movie? Oh my God, I was thinking about that earlier today <laughs> because um, I was watching BravoCon stuff and they were talking about Camille Grammer. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that was a year ago. And God. <laughs> So Calvin is going through the envelopes with Evan. They're in his room and he finds the $500. And after he finds it, he's like, starts talking to Evan. He's like, you know, I stood up for you. And Evan's like, what? And he's like, I stood up for you, but I know that you did it. I know you took the money. And he marked the inside of the envelope because he was trying to prove that Evan didn't steal the money, but Evan did steal the money. So it got fired. Fired. And so Evan like apologizes and he's like, I was going to pay the house back. But, you know, obviously, as we know, he stole the money to buy a present for Rebecca. And he's like, also like, I'm sorry, the next day you have $500. So where'd you get that $500? I know he robbed Paul to pay Piper or the pipe, whatever that's saying. 
He robbed Peter to pay Peter Paul. <laughs> he robbed <laughs> Max to pay Copy. He robbed Joel <laughs> to pay Max. <laughs> okay, Joel to the world. <laughs> Joel to the world. <laughs> Joel to the world. Joel uh, to the world. Max step petition. <laughs> what? Joel to the world. Max step petition. <laughs> Max step. Joel. Joel to the max. <laughs> max Keeble's big move. Wait, what is that concert that they're going power like in um in the goofy movie? <laughs> I thought I thought it was gonna be Oh like my god, the goofy life. movie made me so emotional growing up. Also his name is Max. Also song. about college. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> so um <laughs> so Evan's like, this is, you know, it's not an excuse, but I've been surrounded by money my entire life and I'm just like getting used to not having it. And he makes a connection so insane. He goes, um, you know, it, it's like what you said about living in a straight world. And Calvin's like, what? He gets, Evan you know, comparing poverty to being gay. Poverty <laughs> being an incredibly like loose term. Like I'm pretty sure is his school still paid for? I think no? so. Yeah, I think he might just need to be making it spending money, but I could be wrong. Um, and so he's like, no, like, I, I'm, you know, I didn't mean it like that, but I'm really sorry. And like, I hope you can understand. And um, Calvin says that he hopes Evan understands that he gave his trust fund up for a reason because he didn't like who he was turning into. But now... Calvin's starting to think that it wasn't the money that was the problem. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and now Rebecca and Cappy are sitting on a random bench together on campus, and Cappy gives her the necklace that still has a clump of Tom's hair stuck to it, which is repulsive. And Cappy's like, "Do you think that you know you're giving Evan the wrong idea by keeping this?" And she's like, no, he knew what he was getting himself into. I don't want anything serious with anyone, like not just him. And she says, she's just not that kind of person. She, she wants to understand why people always want to make things more serious, why things can't just stay casual. And that's when Kathy says, nobody moves and nobody gets hurt. Um, he doesn't think that he's ready to leave CRU and become like the Hilgendorfs. I just wish he would understand that his alternative option is to continue to age and be in a fraternity. Like, what do you think would happen? You cannot be cryogenically frozen. It's how Walt Disney that. Yeah, I, this is so annoying to me. I can't even explain it. So um, he says the whole idea is soul soul sucking and scary. Again, Think about what Tom said. He's like, I love my life. There you go. Case in point. So Rebecca asks Cappy, she's like, well, I thought you didn't want to be anywhere Casey wasn't. Which, yes. What was it? An ep- like a couple episodes ago, he was like actually being sane and very sweet to Casey and like thinking about moving forward as one yeah. should. And when they were talking earlier, 
law school would be three years. He would be in college, hypothetically, like the way they were talking for another three years. You're th- saying that's not enough. Like, <laughs> You would be like 24, maybe 25 by the time you graduated then. Like, that's not enough time for you. That's, yeah. Oh, copy. 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 Copy is his alter ego that's like evil and annoying. And then Uh, never wants to leave college. Yeah, that's Copy. So uh, Rebecca's, yeah, Rebecca says, like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I don't have to worry about it if Casey gets into CRU law. Like, I I won't have to think about it for a while. And Rebecca says, well, what if that doesn't happen? And Copy says, well, I won't, I don't have to think about that right now either. So I'm just going to enjoy the sunshine. Good old Ohio February sunshine, and they well, he both. He doesn't have an anxiety problem, which is enviable. <laughs> I know. And they sit on the bench and they like stare at the sun. <laughs> <laughs> um. So now Joel and Casey are walking through campus, and he's like read Casey's paper, and he says, "It sounds like it was quite the laundry room." So we find out that she's written her paper about, or her essay about the laundry room. And we get the idea that it's something about how like, like precedent is set and then it changes the future of like the law and stuff. And so that like how something can change your future, like one small thing, I guess. Like, I don't know. but also nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really. It's giving like, Stanford. Know- you only have 500 words for a lot of most personal statements. So I'm interested to see how she condensed those thoughts. So she's like, so do you like it? And he's like, I think you already know that answer. And they hug. And there's a moment of like, there's a moment. Like it feels like they are going to charge sexually. <laughs> you, said <laughs> you said that like you were diagnosing them. <laughs> Unfortunately, the test came back and. It was charged sexually. <laughs> it wasn't, it was, it's not good. Like Casey's giving him that like longing look that she used to give copy. <laughs> and, a, and a, at a time, Max. And at a time, Max. You're perfect. You're just not perfect for me. Oh, less than 12 hours later. <laughs> <laughs> like less than 12. Respect, honestly. Two hours later. <laughs> okay oh and that's the end that's, and the, that's end. the end winners Man. and losers my winner was Catherine, um because i loved the building blocks of a great foundation that she's creating with casey yeah my winner was also Catherine. i also like that she yeah she went and helped casey out she didn't really need to do that she's being a good friend um, so on the yeah. last recording I said my winner was Calvin but after listening to that recording and then re-recording I honestly am not going to go forward with Calvin anymore I'm gonna go forward with rescinded, rescinded. I'm gonna go forward with Catherine as well she's like truly like the one winner in this episode no wow. everyone, everyone is behaving so poorly loser my so- loser oh sorry go ahead Aaron Mine was Evan, of course. <laughs> right, right. Robin, Robin Hood. 
Creating Robin Hood. But stealing stealing from the poor to give to the rich. <laughs> <laughs> stealing from like the middle class to give to the already rich. Yeah, stealing, yeah, stealing from, from the, the rich to give to the richer. To, that, to the yeah. 1%. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, my loser is uh, Ashley. She really was annoying to me this episode. I felt like she needed to take a chill pill, needed to just buy a pack of, you know, name tags at staples and get over it but maybe i've looked on her bratty oof yeah yeah you know what i stick by that bratty is how i feel the brat pack i'll feel i'll feel different next week okay don't come for me i think my loser was tom and i'm gonna stick by that i think like i don't think we ever (laughs) see him again but i was just kind of disgusted with him this entire episode He's repulsive. <laughs> yeah, he's he was a problem. Yeah, Great. he quickly becomes a problem in this episode. The beginning, it's like he's fine, and then all of a sudden, five minutes in, you're like, nope. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> nope. It's a no well, for me. We re- we've really fizzled out here. <laughs> yeah, once again, if you do want to hear our original recording, <laughs> send us an email. I will gladly forward it to you, but it is not great. Stop offering it. It's it. The sound will break your computer. I mean, it's like my phone's gonna explode. It was still fun hanging out that night though, and having some s'mores bars. Oh my gosh! Yeah, what? Those were really good. Aaron made s'mores bars that made it all worth it. And you could definitely hear us chewing. So maybe the best that we had to record. (laughs) It's like the marshmallow was getting like stuck in my teeth. I was like, (laughs) yeah. Well, don't worry. You couldn't hear the lips smacking together over the zapping noises. <laughs> I didn't have zapping noises in mine. It was like, like that. There was like a ticking sound. Yeah. There was a ticking. Right. Well, <laughs> thanks for joining us. On, on this fun rom down memory lane. Take two. <laughs> Take two. The, the reprise. <laughs> <laughs>